Welcome back, everybody, to part two of interviewing Grandpa. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you. you. Okay. I only have two grandpas, and one of them's not here, so. I must be the other one. You must be the I other am. one. So, as you remember, last time, we were talking about his childhood. And then, as we get to part two now, we're going to be talking about a specific movie that he was involved in, also my grandma, that was very, very influential in bringing many people to Christ, but also setting a standard for what kind of a Christian movie should be. And we're gonna talk about the impact of that. Mm -hmm. But first, before we begin, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe if you can. Uh, we, we love the support. It's free to do so, why not? And uh, are you ready to do this? Uh, yes, I am. I'm okay. Reports keep coming in from all over the globe, confirming it as true. The event seems to have taken place at the same time all over the world, just about 25 minutes ago. Life was filled with guns and war, and everyone got trampled on the units we've got her safe in our arms yeah. well last time we you were just about to tell us about the movie that you guys were a part of so you guys went to Iowa, mm -hmm. right? And then to work with Russ Doughton, mm -hmm. who is your uncle, mm -hmm. he and Don Thompson were writing a script and then they came to you one day after you became a believer and said, would you like to be in the movie? Well, yes, uh, it, it seemed simpler to me at the time because at the time I was working at my desk in my office and Don Thompson came every day to meet with Russ and they would pray and then they would write and every morning he'd come by and say, hi, Tom, how are you? And I'd say, hi, Don, I'm doing great. And one day he came by and he said, Tom, did you ever do any acting? And I said, well, yes, I, I have a, my college degree minor is drama. And I did a lot of drama in community theater and in college. He said, oh, okay. He said, well, you know, uh, we're writing this script. He said, yeah, we might have a part for you in the script. I said, well, wow, that's great. I'd love to do that. He said, okay. And that was, that was it. And I didn't hear anything more about it until the script was finished. And then they came to me and said, uh, we wrote this part, we'd like you to look at it, and we'd like you to, if you're interested, play this part. So I looked at the script and I read the script and I thought, uh, this, is a, this is a kind of an interesting part. It's not a good guy per se, but it's, a, it's sort, of a, sort of a bad guy, but uh -huh. he doesn't see himself as a bad guy. He just no. sees himself as a regular guy. And it was kind of an interesting thing. So I said, well, yeah, I'd love to do this. And they said, well, we have a part in this script. The, this guy has a girlfriend. We, we, we know that your wife has done some acting and she did acting with you in college and she did some acting in films and we'd like her to play the girlfriend. And so I said, well, sure. And so we asked Marianne and she said, of course, I'll do that. Sure. So, so that's... So you guys go out to Iowa. Right. Kind of on a whim. Right, not, a, not not nothing logical would move you guys to Iowa, right? Yet you both felt that it was the right thing to do. We right. know that God governs in the affairs of men, right? And now you find yourself in a movie. 
Right. We had no idea that we were going to Both be involved in, in a movie in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. So I have a collection of the movies here because the movie turned into movies and it's actually a collection right here. But the first one was called A Thief in the Night. So how'd you guys get the name? I mean, I know where you got the name, but maybe your viewers don't. Well, uh, and what was it about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Thief in the Night comes from the scriptures and it, uh, in, in the movie it refers to Jesus. And not because he's a thief, but because there's, there's going to be a time when Jesus interacts with uh, beings on this planet, but nobody knows when that time is. So it's sort of like you're at home and you're all alone and suddenly one night a thief comes. You don't know what night that's going to be. You don't even know if that's going to happen, but it does. So that's the idea from Scripture is that, this, that Jesus will come like a thief, mm -hmm. not as a thief, but like a thief in that nobody knows exactly when that's going to be. And the point, of, the point of the movie is to try to show through a dramatic vehicle, a movie, something that people could be interested in, to show evangelism, mm -hmm. to show what, who Jesus is and what he offers to you and me and every other human being who's ever lived on this planet mm -hmm. uh, in a way that would encourage us to make some kind of response to him. And uh, th there are several unique things about this film that just blew me away. Th I I'm going to date myself. This film was made in 1972. That's a few years ago. I wasn't born. You weren't born, no. Many people weren't born in that time. However, for, for a Christian film, it was a departure from what had been done in Christian film. One of the big departures was the main character was a female. Mm. Not a male. That was something that was really new in 1972. Yeah. yeah. In in commercial films, there were a lot of women who had lead roles in films in the 30s and 40s and so on. But in Christian films, this was a new thing. And it was a film about an event which is called the rapture. Mm -hmm. Now, people have said to me, you can't find the word rapture in the Bible anyplace. And I say, you're right, you can't. But you can find a lot of explanation about believers being caught up mm -hmm. and in the latin the word caught up the word for caught up is rapture 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 mm -hmm. yes and that's where we get the word rapture yep that's why it's called the rapture first thessalonians 4 13 through 18 first corinthians 15 yeah isn't that great yeah well look those up and that'll give you a little idea in the story there's a young lady named patty who's the main character who encounters some information about what the Bible says about an event that's coming up where Jesus removes believers in him from the earth before God pours out his wrath on mankind. The scriptures say God has been storing up his wrath for all the evil things that mankind does. But the day is going to come when God says, my wrath is filled up and I'm going to let it come out on those who are on the earth who deserve the wrath. But I'm going to take all of my children, those who believe in Jesus, out of the world first before I let my wrath mm. go on the earth. And the wrath of God is so great that comes on the earth that Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples before he was crucified, said to them, this time, if God himself had not shortened the time, there would be no living thing left on the earth. But God is going to keep it confined to a certain period of time. One of these days, and it could be any minute now, Christ is going to come back for his own. 
After that, it's going to be pretty awful here on Earth. Like what? Well, for example, the Bible says that right now the Spirit of God is holding back the full force of evil in the world. But after the believers go, the Spirit will too. That means a whole new ball game, only this time with no rules. Evil will just take over. And the evil one, the Bible calls him the Antichrist or the beast, will rule supreme. See, we just don't know what it would be like to live in a world like that. The good around us still has the support of the Spirit of God. After he goes, wow. You really believe all that? Yes, I do. Oh, lots of luck. I'll say one thing. Anybody that's left here is going to need it. If you really believe that, you couldn't even look at your watch without wondering if it was going to happen now. Yeah. But to the Christian, it's something we look forward to. The non-Christian is waiting for the end of life and doom. The believer is waiting to meet the one who gave us life. The beast you talk about. Was he the one who goes around marking people? My grandmother told me about a lot of terrible things that are supposed to happen. The mark of the beast is talked about, Patty. It's probably some kind of identification mark based on the number 666. It says in the Bible that people won't be able to buy or sell anything without it. Kind of a super evil credit card, only it'll be on your hand or forehead. <laughs> Wouldn't let anybody tattoo my forehead. Diane, you don't even have to be around when it happens. Yes, yes you do. Do I? Sure, because uh, I like you, sweetheart. Can't you see that? And I am the Antichrist. Good. I was always a sucker for beasts. <laughs> well, I don't know if all that's true or not, but if it really is in the Bible, then why doesn't our minister ever talk about it? That's what the film essentially is about. A young lady who's going about her life, living her life, doing the things that we all need to do to live our life, you know. And she's confronted with this. She's confronted with and this. And she has to make a choice. Well, the circumstances of the film lead her to the place where she needs to make a choice, yeah. I've been raised in the church, taught to do the best I can, to believe in God and hope for the best. What else is there? I mean, I'm good. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I'm as good as the next person. Maybe better. God made us for himself, that he might enjoy us, and that we might enjoy him, and also that we might enjoy each other. But we, well, actually you, broke that relationship when you didn't choose Christ. I never made that choice. Have you ever chosen for him? And un unfortunately, sometimes her not making a choice is, is making a choice. Interestingly enough, that's, you know, what this, that's what the scripture says. Mm -hmm. it, it says there's, there's only two places that you can be. Yeah. You can either be with God and the, and the way to be with God is to do it the way he wants it done, to come to him in the path that he's devised for all human beings and open to every single human being without exception. Or you can be without God. Yeah. Those are the only two positions you can have. You either, you either are with God or you're without it. You know, um, Scripture compares itself to a sword. And when that sword goes out and, it's, and it cuts... Ooh. You can't you can't remain in the middle of a blade. You either fall on one side or the other. And right. John and Jesus says in John that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him 
shall not perish but have eternal life. Well, maybe not, but my minister says we don't have to get all hung up on that theology stuff. God is love, and he's not going to destroy us because we can't help doing wrong, is he? It's true that God is love, and that God is holy, but God will also punish sin. I think I understand, but where does love fit in? How could a God who loved me cause me to go through what I did? Well, Jim, you have to understand that there are times when God uses circumstances in our lives to bring us into a close relationship with himself. Look at it this way. What chances you have of making it after your accident? Well, not too much. None at all. There was no way that your body could produce the antibodies that were needed to fight that poison. But someone else had been through it. His blood had the cure. Exactly. His blood had the cure. And all you had to do was receive it. When you received his blood, that saved your life. That's interesting. I'd never thought of it that way before. It goes on and says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. There's no, there's no fence riding. And whenever there's a, a, a call to come to Christ, there is always a decision made. Even if you yourself feel, maybe I, I didn't raise my hand, I didn't go up, that's a decision. And with, with Jesus, everybody makes a decision, either for him or not for him. Jim, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He died on the cross for you. He shed his precious blood for you that you might be saved. All you have to do is accept, just like you did in the emergency room in the hospital. When that man came in and gave you his blood, you had to receive it. If you hadn't received it, you would be dead this very moment. Think about that. The Lord is offering you eternal life, an abundant life with him. You have everything to gain and absolutely nothing to lose. All you have to do is ask. And this character, Patty, goes through that in the film. And the thing that I liked about the film, when I was a kid, it scared the living daylights out of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, when, you, when you examine what the scriptures really say about it, it's a scary thing. Oh, yeah. I remember um, one of the guys I work with, he got on the phone with me one day because he saw you on TV. Uh-huh. And he called me, and then we were talking about your acting career. Talk, you know, found out that you were in a thief in the night, and he talked to you one time, and he's like, "Hey, you saved me when I was a kid because this the movie scared me." Right. And it's you know, honestly, God's wrath is scary, and if those are the type of things that pushes you closer to Christ, then great. God uses Think. uses all kinds of things in our in everybody's life to give them opportunities to respond to him. Mm -hmm. And as Tim said, you know, people, I talk to people who say, well, I didn't say no to Jesus. I didn't say no to him. I didn't, I said, did you say yes? No. Well, it's the kind of situation where you either say yes or by default, you've said no. If you don't mm -hmm. say yes, no is the only position that's left. Yeah. And um, it's like being in a relationship with somebody. I'm in a relationship with Shay. That means I'm saying no to everybody else. And I'm totally fine with that. Right. 
and it's, it doesn't mean he says no to everybody, just, hey, hi, how yeah, are exactly. you? No, it's not that kind of no. Yeah. But in, in terms of that, that very personal relationship, he has said, you know, Shay is the only one, and, I, and I'm saying no to everybody else. Not that I go around picking out people and go, hey, exactly. hey, you, no, <laughs> no. Exactly. But in his heart, he's made the decision, and that's what God calls us to do. Things sure have been happening fast for me lately. But if this is the way God works, it sure is powerful. The way he used a crisis to bring on something good. I believe it. I believe it. I'm ready to accept Christ. Yeah. And you're right. This, uh, you know, you said, uh, your friend said, uh, you know, you, you scared me and I, you're, I, I'm saved because of you. Not because of me, uh, because of the film. When the guy, when, when Don and Russ wrote the film, story for the film, they, they spent every single day in prayer before they did that. And I believe that the Holy Spirit told them what to put in the film. Because the first time I saw the film, I looked at it and I said, this is better than what we made. What happened here? Mm -hmm. I was there on the set lots of different days working on, on different things. And I could, I could say, you know, we, we did good work today and it was good what we did today. But the whole film was better than that. And the evidence of that was uh, kind of twofold. One of them was when the film was first finished, they, they took it uh, to a gentleman named Ken Anderson. Mm. who at that point was probably the largest Christian film distributor in America, maybe in the world, I don't know exactly, but uh, he, was, he was very, very well-known and very popular. They took the film to him and they said to him, we'd like you to look at our film and if you think it has some value, we'd like you to, to take control and market it and get it out there so that people can see it. And he looked at the film and he said to them, the film is too good. You guys need to market it on your own. It's wow. your film. The result of the film over the years, and the, and the film was shown in, uh, in churches, first of all, mm -hmm. and then uh, it was put on uh, VHS and it was sold through, through uh, video distributors, both Christian and secular, mm -hmm. and then it was transferred to DVD and, put on, and sold, and you could buy it on Amazon and all kinds of places. One of the things that, that, that we did was we had people who would call us up and tell us stories like Tim related and say, you know, when I was a young man, I saw this film and now I'm a pastor of this church or I'm in this ministry or I'm a missionary to so-and-so land. We estimated based on the responses that were given in churches, the, the responses we got in letters and emails, the responses that we got when we would be out someplace and somebody would go, hey, hey, you. I know you. You're, you're in that. That's you're in that Christian movie, A Thief, the Thief movie. We had people stop us in restaurants and restrooms and on the street saying, "We know you. We know this." We we feel a reasonable estimate is that over six million people received Christ as their Savior and Lord after seeing this film. Mm -hmm. That the film and the film series, which now consists of four different films. Uh, and each one is a continuing story from the previous film, but they all stand alone as a separate story, that that's a, that's a reasonable number of people who have responded. And it's true. Uh, many years ago, I went to India on, on a missions trip, 
I was met by at the airport by a guy who I did not know at all, but knew me from the film. Mm. And it was the kind of guy who, when you went around with him, he would say to people, this is the guy from the film, from the film. And people would go, oh, yes, I know that. And I'm thinking, in India they know this? Wow. How do they know this in India? But it's true. It's like that all over the world. Uh, it, it was a very significant film. And because everyone who worked on it did the best job that they could do, but the Holy Spirit made it even better. So uh, if you get a chance, if you have not, if you're not familiar with this film. Yeah, where can people find this film? Well, they can find it through uh, Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, they can find it through uh, uh, Rich Cristiano. I think uh, YouTube's there too. Yeah, it's probably on YouTube. There, there are, it's on Vimeo. I saw mm -hmm. something about it on Vimeo. Just if, Google search it. Yeah, but if you'd like to have a copy of it, you need to need to buy it and use it. Although uh, Rich Cristiano, who has the who has the rights to the film at this point, streams it and has a streaming service. And I wish I could tell you the name of it right off of hand. But look up Rich Cristiano and uh, and and his film distribution, uh, and you can find out how to get a copy of it or where to stream it, and. Uh, it's it's very it's still very good. In mm -hmm. fact, several several months ago, maybe a year and a half ago, Rich called me and said, "I just want to tell you that on our streaming service of all of our films, and they've got I don't know maybe forty films that they have." Uh, he said, uh, "Thief in the Night is the one that gets streamed most often mm. uh, every month. It's the it's wow it's it's being streamed. God allowed it to be a special vehicle mm -hmm. for His Word." And everything that you see in this in the story, we can take you to actual scripture in the Bible and say, this is in the story because this is what the Bible says about this. Well, it's great because the, the movie actually does that itself. Oh, it does, yeah. yeah. So go ahead and check the movie out. But Grandpa, I have a question. Sure, shoot. Well, we're told in Isaiah, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so mm -hmm. far are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Right. You had a dream to be an actor, mm -hmm. to be a big time movie star, mm -hmm. and yet God moved you. God fulfilled that dream in a way, but it wasn't in the way you thought. Right? <clears throat> How did God keep you from what you thought you wanted to what He really wanted, and fulfill <laughs> you at the same time? Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't know if you have a specific thing in mind, but. Uh, God, like doing this film, God opened doors in because you you in went to. Ways. If I remember correctly, you were around. You know, you went like acting school with other big people like Spielberg. Oh yeah, and, and everybody. It, it, it's true. God let me intersect with with people when I was in college. Uh, I I did a, a a film in college. One of the cameramen on the film was Steven Spielberg, and. Uh, I thought, well, you know, he's a nice kid, but I didn't think anything special about it. And there, there were some opportunities that I had that, for various reasons, God allowed me to make mistakes so that it didn't mm -hmm. happen. One of the, one of the one of the great mistakes that I made was I had I had done a, a project at Universal called Gangster Chronicles, which was a a long form 
television movie, but they actually divided it into nine segments. It was so long, so it was like a mini-series of mm. nine episodes. And the casting director on that uh, wanted me to do a very small part of a, of a guy in a, in a jail cell with a bag over his head who says one line. And I told my agent, you know, I'm, I don't want to do it. That's, I, I'm, I'm beyond that. That's a, that's a beginner's thing, and I'm beyond beginner's things. Uh, that was pride on my part, and God allowed that to happen. And this casting director then became the head of casting for a company that had five major shows on television. Mm. And the word sort of got back to me that uh, because of my disrespect for him and the fact that he had called me, pers- my agent, to ask me personally to do this part, mm. and I didn't do it, that I wasn't going to work on any of those five wow. hit television shows. See, God allows certain things to happen, and frequently he uses our our faults or our good points to cause them to happen. So I, I had a chance to intersect with a lot of different people, and God said, no, we're not going to let that happen. There was a point in my life when I looked back on that and I said, well, Lord, why didn't you let that happen? That would have been wonderful. I would have thought that was wonderful. There's also a point in my life where I came to this realization. And God said, you know what? If I allowed you to do that, mm. you would have gone down this road, this way. Away from me. I don't want that to happen, so I'm not going to allow those things to happen. I'm not going to allow you to have fame and fortune and stuff. And my acting was such, I, I once did a project for a guy, and he said to me, you're another Robert De Niro. You are fantastic. I've never seen anybody so good. So it's not like I wouldn't have had any opportunities, but mm-hmm. God arranged it. Now, what he did was, he said, I'm going to give you plenty of opportunities to exercise your talents and abilities, but I'm going to do them in a way that's not going to make your head too big <laughs> and not going to make your pocketbook too full. Yeah. Uh, because those things would lead you away from me. Mm. Sometimes that's a hard thing for us to swallow, to say, well, Lord, you know, you gave me the desire to do it. You've given me uh, talents and ability to do it, but I'm going to use your talents and abilities here and not where you think they're going to be mm-hmm. over here. So that's, uh, that's actually a good thing mm-hmm. because I, I believe God saved me from a lot of heartache and disappointment and frustration and evil by not allowing me to have my heart's desire the way that I thought it should mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. But instead he made it happen the way that he wanted. Yeah. And I got to I got I've got to work on all kinds of things and do all kinds of things that are fantastic. In fact I I, I looked one time on IMDB where you have your stuff. I don't put stuff on IMDB. I know actors you, you, who pay to put their stuff down there and so that they can list all the things that they've ever done in their life and so on. I've, I've never done that. I've never put anything down like that. But somebody has put a bunch of stuff, not all of it, because if they did all of it, they'd have to do mm-hmm. page after page after page because God allowed me to do all kinds of interesting projects. For example, I went to mainland China to film in, I think it was 1988, our relations with mainland China were not as cordial as they became after that point. But I was doing a, a, 
a film for a Christian organization, and we had to be kind of careful how we did it. We had to have a representative from the Communist Party with us at all times, monitoring what we did, where we went, who we talked to, what we said, and so on. But I got to be part of that project, which was then used for people in China. I, I got to, to go to, to Brazil. I've got to go to India. I've got to do lots of different things where God has used talents that I had to go different places and do programs in different places, things that served him first, as well as serving me. Mm-hmm. You really had a wonderful life, Tom Ratchford. Good idea, Ernie, a toast <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> You know, I I have had a wonderful uh-huh. life, I, yeah. and God has continually blessed me with a terrific, loving family, mm-hmm. loving wife, kids, grandkids, friends, activities. God has cared for our needs, our health, just all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we haven't had our ups and downs. We have, but God has taken us through every single one of them. Mm-hmm. and has greatly, greatly, greatly blessed us. We often think that what we want is going to be the very best thing. We have this picture in our in our minds, and we want God to match the picture, mm-hmm. right? Well, God, you're the painter, but this is the canvas I want. This is the kind of painting I want. And God says, mm-mm-mm-mm, I have something else in mind. So it's going to look maybe something like it, but I have something entirely different in mind. I am so glad the Lord didn't give me what I wanted. And sometimes you can kick and scream against the Lord when he doesn't give you what you, what you want. Right. And that leads you down a pretty dark path. But when you get out of that and you stop throwing a tantrum and then you realize, Lord, you really do have my best in mind. Even if you allow things to not go my way. And sometimes we can do that on our own mostly. I think we're our own worst enemy a lot of times. Well, we can be because, as you said, our vision is short-sighted. Yeah. Our vision tends to look at what's happening today and maybe tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But God's looking way, way, way ahead. Exactly. But when you when you get out of the you know, get out of your head and get back on your knees and before the throne, that hindsight is there, and I think it results in admiration, in gratefulness and praise to to God, Mm -hmm. to the Lord, because he really does know what's best. And that's really what he wants from us. He wants us to walk with him, to trust him. Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I think your life, along with anybody's life who has follow Christ. Mm-hmm. But since we're talking about you, <laughs> your yeah. your life is is one where you thought you were a good person. Right. And you were a pretty good person. I was an okay person, right? Good life. Yeah. Ideal kind of setup for where you want your family to be. Right. And then here's what I want as an acting career. And yet the Lord said, yeah, but if I gave you all that, and if you followed that, it would lead your heart away from me, so I'm gonna move you in a different direction while still fulfilling those needs that you really wanted, but I'm gonna fulfill them a different way. Yeah. And that's how the Lord works. It's true, yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking about another episode. I did a, I did a play at the Long Beach Community Theater 
and they had a guest director who was a fairly well-known actress at the time. And uh, she, she took me aside one day after rehearsal and she said, you're really good. I want to take you to my agent because I think my agent would love to represent you. Mm. And I said, well, you know, I'm a college student and I, and I, and I need to finish my college first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's one of those things you look back on and you say, gee, I wonder what would have happened if I would have said to her, yeah, let's go tomorrow. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, but looking back on it, I think God said, no, this is the better thing for you to do. Yep. You know, it's a, uh, what's that proverb? It says, he has these little fits where he falls asleep. It's okay. He'll wake up in a minute. No, I'm going through, I'm visualizing the verses in my head. Yeah. There's a proverb that says, the last part of it says, the answer of a tongue is from the Lord. Okay. Anyways. So, I, so I the Lord's going to direct what your final answer should be. Yeah. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his footsteps. Yes. Yep. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that verse where it says, uh, we know that God works out all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Right. That's in Romans 8. Romans eight twenty eight. Yep. Well, are there any final thoughts you want to say? Uh, yeah. Uh, if uh, take, take a look at A Thief in the Night. If you like it, there are three more films in series of that. As I said, the... Each one continue, starts where the last one left off, but each one is a standalone movie. You don't need to know all the stuff from the previous one to get what's in this one. Uh, take a look at it and think about referring people that you know to see it. The interesting thing about movies is we're, we, we have learned when we see a movie or see something on television, we suspend ourselves and we let it flow into us. If the stuff that's flowing in is really good, that's wonderful. If the uh, stuff that's flowing in is not so good, then it's not really great. But Mm -hmm. the experience is the same. You suspend all the other things that are going on on the outside, and you invest in seeing this and letting it come into you. Clear view of who Jesus is, how he wants to relate to you, the plan that God has made so that you will not participate in his wrath. So look at, look at the film and help others to look at the film so that they too will have an opportunity to change their lives. People will look at a film that you couldn't sit down and talk to about this, but they'll be willing to watch a film. Mm-hmm. And if you watch it with them, then you can be there to say, when they say, well, why, what was that about? Or how come that happened? Or what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You'll be there to help explain some of those things to them if you have already checked it out and found out yeah, that's what the Bible says about this. Mm-hmm. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to sign off. I think we should. And if you want more great content, click this video right here. Mm-hmm. Or that one. Or this one, or that one. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Sign off.